we're back, man. Thanks for tuning in for an- another episode of uh, Eat, Pray, and Judge, because those are my three favorite activities, eating, praying, and judging. And as always, it's Gabe Pacheco and joined um, number two, Mike number two. Here he is, the one, the only. <laughs> Sammy Hamarne. That's right. And we've got a special guest in studio today, a good friend of mine, who I know from all over the comedy world, a famous and skilled <clears throat> improviser, storyteller, stand-up comedian, and teaching artist, the one, the only, and writer, the one, the only, Catherine Montesi. Oh, that intro felt good. <laughs> Didn't it? Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad am I mic number three? You're mic number three. I just, when you said mic number th- two, I had a moment of panic. I was like, am I mic number two? <laughs> There's only three of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad you could make it today, and uh, we're we're going to talk about a movie that that you chose for us, yes. but that uh, I think is uh, is already loved in yes. the, in the Greenpoint Eat, Pray, Judge studio. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how critical we're going to be about this film, but uh, we are going to we can are, get into it. Yeah, we'll discuss it in depth. I can we'll, be very critical of my children. <laughs> 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 like a like a good mother, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the streganona within, <laughs> I can criticize things I love. Sure. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna love this film. We're gonna hate this film. We're gonna love stab it. It's gonna be great. We're gonna smother it with love. Sure. So in this movie, uh, if you, if you haven't guessed from the title of the podcast that you're already downloaded and mm-hmm. listening to, is Point Break, and it came out in 1991. Directed. By Catherine Bigelow. What? Catherine Bigelow. So this is one of the the world's most, one of the best action films ever made. It really is. And it was directed by a woman. So how about that? That's right. Catherine Bigelow, who at the time was uh, married to James Cameron. Uh, who, Heard of him. Who dropped <laughs> uh, the classic Terminator 2 at the same time. Yeah. He executive produced on this one. Oh, yeah. There he is. So, you know, he was the Wizard of Oz uh, putting all the pieces together for this movie. But uh, it's funny that they both dropped these, like, classics the same year. They were a Hollywood power couple at this point in time. They were. This was, like, this would have been a good time to be either of them. Yeah, or in their orbit. (laughs) Honestly, this was, a, I think, a good time for... There's, like, a certain kind of movie, I think, that, like, stopped being made about, like, the mid to late 90s and it was a movie that was like kind of winking at you you know what I mean like a movie that was good and funny but also like didn't feel like it was taking itself too seriously and I feel like Point Break is like a perfect amalgamation of all of those moods in one film where like there is an entry point for truly everyone yeah I don't know beyond like this is a Gen X man. This is a Gen X movie. Mm-hmm. These are these are the self aware slackers. <laughs> and uh, Catherine Bigelow is kind of a deconstructionist filmmaker. I've heard that thrown out about her in the past, but she makes these movies that kind of where she's like a master of a genre, but also subverts it. And uh, and she makes mashups. Like another movie she made was Near Dark. Near Dark was a vampire western. So, right. She loves she loves a mixtape of a movie, right? A vampire western, bank robbing surfers. Yeah. Uh, she would have been a great story pirate, honestly. <laughs> like, that's right, and that's kind of where that's where we know each other too. The story pirates. That's, that's right. where we met. Catherine Amontezzi and I met teaching little kids and uh, and writing, uh, honoring their words and ideas, and uh, making shows out of the stories that they write. And performing those shows of, all over. Yeah, Story Pirates is all over Sirius XM Radio right now, blowing up with its own podcast, mm-hmm. and also 
uh, it just got a, a nice little write-up in the Washington Post. Hey! So how about that? How about? But going back to 1991, <laughs> any, anything stick out for you from that year? Um, other than Terminator 2, which is still the, the, <laughs> the movie that I've seen the most in theaters. I think I watched it four times in a week. Oh, my wow. God. Um, at the Uptown Theater in Washington, D.C.? It was at 4,000, Wisconsin. Oh, but they wow. Had the, they had the, the D.C. premiere there, standing room only, so I stood for three and a half hours. We get real local on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to talk about very specific movie theaters, go-go bands from the era. From the era. And, the, and drop their addresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was down the street. We, yeah, we sure. Yeah. Well, you, uh, yeah. Sammy's more of a Wisconsin Avenue guy, mm-hmm. and I'm a Connecticut Avenue boy. So oh. both named after uh, uh, some of our less popular states. I would say I'm a Beale Street <laughs> tween. <laughs> I'm from Memphis. Ah, <laughs> well, yeah, Midtown first. is Memphis. Yeah. Hey, Midtown is Memphis. I, I know that. Yeah, Memphis Sun Records. That's right. I had that bumper sticker yeah. on my on my trunk. One of my good friends uh, grew up. Half in D.C., half in Memphis, so I spent a, a decent amount of time down there. He lived off of Buena Vista. Do you know where that is? I do. Yeah. I, of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many places to live in a, a town the size of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are uh, a legit Southerner. True. True that. Uh, so, yeah. So, what else was going on? So, we had uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. He was out there snacking on right. people. Right. This yep. was huge in 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first, um, uh, you know, he's a celebrity cannibal serial killer mm-hmm. preying on people in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Uh, Number one film that year, won, won all five of the b- big picture awards, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, oh, uh, so in there real life, yeah. serial killer cannibal in fiction. Serial killer cannibal. Right. It seemed like people had a real taste around this time <laughs> for like Chianti. for for a psychopath who reads. You know what I mean? For like a for a, a delinquent, a bad person, someone who is obviously an anti-hero, but for for some reason we're kind of on their side just a little bit because they have like a depth to them or something. Yeah. Like people were very interested in like a psycho with a backstory, a seductive villain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Antihero is a good way to put it. And, yeah. uh, uh, piggybacking off that Brett Easton Ellis also <laughs> dropped, uh, American psycho, the book yep. mm-hmm. this year, Wow, which, uh, follows another charming and erudite serial killer. It's like the creative's backlash to hypercapitalism, which we've suffered through for basically eight years up until that point. We're still suffering through it now, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, so yeah, and, and um, American Psycho, very funny thing about that is that the main character in that loves Donald Trump. All right. Fantasizes about him Whitney all the Houston. time. And this is in 1991. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're seeing that the seeds were planted long ago. And, uh, if you weren't if you weren't on that end of the pop culture spectrum, you may have been listening to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh, and their uh, pick me up classic, Good Vibrations. Mm-hmm. A classic. Yeah, great workout song. Good for jogging. Good mm-hmm. for typo. Uh, you know, not that good for like a, if you're doing restorative yoga. No, but because <laughs> you're gonna want to move your hips. Right. <laughs> Way too much. Too much. You won't be able to, to lay. Yeah. yeah, you're going to ruin the restorative uh, benefits. It'll be unrestored, mm-hmm. but brought back to life. 91 was the year that Kentucky Fried Chicken had to change their name uh, due to conspiracy theorists saying that what they actually used was not uh, a physical chicken. It was just basically a, a, a cloned meat package <laughs> uh, without like a head that they just pumped uh, blood into. So it was like an organism that created meat, but it wasn't actually a chicken. 
No, yeah. one, no one had heard that before. I've known that for years. No, I don't hearing I, about it. Yeah, they're not allowed to say Kentucky. So they actually were like, no, that's not true. We'll change our name. So they absolutely were using headless chicken bags, <laughs> headless meat bags. You which have is to wonder what was ninety one was a was a real year. Yeah, yeah, we were all we were all mixed up, and uh, but I'm but smiling so, and smiling. big smiles <laughs> is the thing. Sure. Well, this we're right on the uh, the the end of hair rock. Yeah, hair metal, mm-hmm. and right on the precipice of grunge. Big pop culture shift. This is when uh, Teen Spirit it smells like Teen Spirit came out. Uh, never mind the Nirvana album. So that's what's interesting is you watch Point Break, and it was like that California culture that kind of dominated the '80s, like the cool guy skateboarding surfers with the weird fucking neon clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shift was now like more hip hop was sort of coming into its own and dominating the, the the cool guy waves, and grunge was about to. Yeah. Have a bunch of white kids looking at their shoes. So you're having two things happening right at the same time, Marky Marks and the Funky Bunch's Good Vibrations yep. and Nirvana's Nevermind were peacefully coexisting. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> yeah. Man. Two and sides of the same coin. <laughs> Left and right brain. <laughs> right. Right. And I just like the name Good Vibrations because it's uh, an echo of uh, the Beach Boys. Yeah. You know? And they're Good Vibrations. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it sounds like a, like a sexy... <laughs> uh, the record for the most passengers on an airplane was set in 1991 when 10,086 <laughs> Ethiopian Jews were evacuated on a Boeing 747 to Jerusalem. That's 10,086 people. Um, the plane landed with 1,088 because two people gave birth on that flight. What? Yeah. Sounds like the worst flight ever. <laughs> that, is my, that is my waking nightmare. Yeah. No one's getting epidurals on that plane. No. You know? The pressure, cabin pressure alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you can't tell a a, a still wet, covered in afterbirth infant that it's got to chew gum. No. So that its ears pop. (laughs) Sir, please stop crying. (laughs) Sir, we're about to land. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Is there room in overhead storage? I know. (laughs) And can, or, or in the, in storage with the, like underneath with the, man, can I check my new baby? Thank you. I'll pick him up uh, when we land. Sure. I think you have to give complimentary mini bottles to everybody in that mm-hmm. cabin. You could at least get extra pretzels. Carrot. I mean, I would hope. Yeah. If, I mean, you know, we treat women like shit in this country, but I would hope that if I gave birth on an emergency flight, someone would give me extra pretzels. I mean, I'm sure JetBlue would have, if, if they were the, the, the airline here, would have given you some Terra chips, some blue Terras, that, doubled ooh. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mazel <laughs> So we're here to we're here to talk about Point Break. That's let's get right. down to business. Let's, let's get right into this. Let's, let's get let's paddle into that wave. <laughs> sure. Well, it's a it's a perfect cops and robbers action movie Tis. directed by uh, the woman Catherine Bigelow. The woman. The woman. <laughs> the and, woman. Uh, and I think it. Uh, you know, I, I bring that up because it's an action movie, and That's so right. it's just really cool to have her uh, at the helm of this. And I think when I saw it, I didn't know that. And it's mm-hmm. only looking back in time after seeing. Like the, you know, more of her films that I uh, come to appreciate. Yeah. Uh, how much of a trailblazer she was. Yeah. For this. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she makes better uh, movies than her husband. <laughs> or her, ex, her ex-husband. <laughs> Dare we say. Definitely like grittier, more, you know, more social commentary in her films. Catherine, she, like Point Break is a movie I'm going to rewatch. Like I haven't rewatched, what's it, James? Avatar? Avatar, yeah. I have, I watched Avatar once. Or Titanic. I watched, well, I watched Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I 
watched Titanic a bunch of times. You watched Avatar a bunch of times? Uh, Titanic. But that's because I was a 13-year-old girl when Titanic came out. And so, you know, it was like, you know... I watched Everything. it indirectly because my sister was that age, mm-hmm. and she watched the mm-hmm. shit out of that movie. Yeah. Well, he's every a, brother saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron started off uh, with a promising career for me, just doing Terminator and it, right. and Aliens. But he, what has happened is that he he drifts further and further into like uh, Hallmark sentimentality. Yeah, like all of his films, just like really shoehorn families and like love stories into them when. That's not what I come to see his films for. Like I come to see them for the the uh, action, and but he always has this like uh, feel good like Spielbergian vibe to like his movies that make them co- like corny. Yeah, yeah. For rewatch, when you, when you become an ultra rich science nerd, you just buy a submarine and try to unearth the Titanic. Again. <laughs> <laughs> just like when he had like a three hour documentary on that. Sure, he's he is also a water nerd. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is maybe like a good time to note that as many times as I've seen Point Break and as much as I love it, I couldn't necessarily tell you what Keanu Reeves' mission initially is in this movie. I don't know. I believe it has something to do with drugs. They're looking for drug dealers, but kind of like as the movie goes on, you're like, I don't. There's like a raid happening. There's a car chase happening. There's like we're looking for these guys, but wait, do they? Is it because they have drugs? They're bank robbers, and you sort of like the the why of it all becomes less important. You're just like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so let's get let's uh, hop in with a very quick synopsis. We've got a uh, we've got Keanu Reeves is playing a brand new 26 year old FBI baby faced named Johnny Utah. A great name what a yeah just wholesome american from apple a comic pie. strip you know right. like <laughs> and uh and i think it echoes to like the football player johnny unitas might have been a kind mm-hmm. of it, it rhymes with that um but johnny utah is uh brand new to the force and the opening scene is him uh doing his like gun test where he's got to shoot all the cardboard um criminals who mm-hmm. pop up and uh he he is assigned to california in Los Angeles, which is the bank robbery capital of the United States. Mm-hmm. And he's got to um, help uh, an older cop named Angelo, Angelo Pappas, mm-hmm. played by Gary <laughs> Busey. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-motorcycle accident, Gary Busey. This is the most lovable uh, iteration of Busey that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I really liked him. Yeah, and he wears great shirts. Does he? I love all of the casual... Yeah. Uh, surfwear right. uh, button-ups that he wears. Another Spuds McKenzie reference. He's like human Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so we've got this young cop played by uh, Keanu Reeves, or FBI agent, and he's he's being mentored by this older FBI agent played by Gary Busey, and they are tasked with the, with the goal to find and stop the ex-presidents, That's which right. are a radical gang of bank robbers who dresses up like the ex-presidents and has been hitting um, 28, uh, tw- banks. 28 banks this year, but they come back every season, uh, every summer from June through October. Right. So, hmm, interesting. So there's a lot of info. So what, when Keanu Reeves enters the forest, what we learn is that this has been going on for quite some time, and they have been simply unable <laughs> <laughs> with all of their manpower, with all of their technology, with all of the information that they have. They've been literally unable to uh, catch these guys. And the whole thing is, you know, they're in and out in 90 seconds. They yeah. never go to the vault. They're just grabbing cash. 
their motives are unclear, uh, and they monologue heavily while they are robbing the bank. There's a lot of talking happening. A lot of social commentary. Yes. Political commentary. They also don't drop bodies, so that's like a big thing for them is they they haven't shot anyone. Yes, in all of these robberies, no one has been... Injured shot. or shot, yeah. They, they come off a little bit like rock stars or heroes, yeah. you know. Uh, not, I wouldn't say Robin Hoods because they're not giving anything back to the poor. But, no. they, but they are very big on spectacle. Yes. And, uh, and to, what the, to continue with the, the synopsis, you know, Busey's uh, Pappas has this harebrained idea, this totally radical left field out-of-the-box theory that the ex-presidents are surfers. And no one else at the FBI and he, believes him. That's right. And he, in his major piece of evidence in that regard, is a tan line that he notices on the tush yeah. of one of the ex-presidents when the, that ex-president moons a security camera on the way out of a bank. And Gary Busey is like, oh my God, look at that tan line. Sure. He's been looking at that ass. <laughs> Just think about how many hours he's been rewinding that footage. His hair in his hands. <laughs> he has that eureka moment where he's like, ooh, yeah. Or he's like, wait, this is someone who spends a lot of time in the sun shirtless. Yeah. I mean, it was a rock solid theory. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. That theory, that theory was hard and throbbing. And so Keanu Reeves must then go undercover. Deep cover. To... See if this theory shakes out. Yeah. So he infiltrates the ragtag gang of surfing dudes. And we're learning in 1991 that surfing is still a outlaw subculture. Right. It's own lingo. It's a tribe. And you can't just, you you know, and I I thought about that as a kid, like trying to be a skater. Like it's more than just owning a skateboard. Right. You got to learn how to ollie. You got you to gotta read the Thrasher magazine. You got to have the right pants, the right shirt, or you're a poser. Lots of people, anyone can learn to skateboard, but like, do you hate authority? Right. You know, right. <laughs> like we need, it's an attitude, it's a state of mind, it's like a willingness to cut school. It's a, a willingness to wear pants that are like too baggy. Exactly. It's a, you know. Con- Not, con- yeah. a- anti-conformity by conformity. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of what that is. So Slam. you got to you got to join the uh, you got to join the commodified youth culture mm-hmm. that is. But you know this was a subculture. At least in this film, they make it seem like it's it's outside of the norm to be a, a surfer. The hair really makes is what makes you think that this is a a subculture because yeah. it's like I think that people who were in any part of the mainstream wouldn't have this big of a mop of hair just yeah. like flapping in their eyes at all times. And all of these men are basically like. Upside down mops, you know. <laughs> I mean, surfing was very counterculture in its in the it, like in its inception in mm-hmm. America, at least. Like the, the people that were super into it were basically throwing the average nine to five lifestyle out the window and just like traveling, living kind of like in vans and going to like you know Maui or chasing just, waves, chasing just waves, just literally doing like, this. Yeah, and which, you, yeah, and you see that mostly, but you already saw that in the '60s with movies like Endless Summer, right? Which, which follows that. But and those guys that, were clean cut. They, they weren't were, trying to like. That was a Hollywood version of yeah. them. I feel like Riding Giants shows you like the timeline for those guys, which is an excellent documentary about big wave surfing, and it follows them from like yes. the f- late fifties, sixties. So you haven't seen that movie? Yeah, no. it's the, awesome. I I, uh, I feel like I've seen parts of it, but I will check it out again. Yeah, and they talk a lot. I think in that documentary they talk about big wave surfing, how you have to get dropped off. Yeah, you have to get the, pulled in, <laughs> towed in, is what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you can't a, just paddle no, out. You can't, and some people do. There's a whole thing on it about Mavericks where they swim through like shark-infested waters a mile and a half out of Half Moon Bay in California, which is 
the scariest thing ever to catch these 50-foot monster waves. Yeah. It's insane. That's intense. I can't even believe people do that. Uh, but um, but around this time, too, the, er, the early 90s, extreme sports became a huge fad. Totally. Mm-hmm. The X Games. Mm-hmm. So this falls in line with that idea of sort of selling this bad boy lifestyle with uh, doing fun sports stuff like skydiving and uh, and surfing. Did you see the movie Lords of Dogtown? There was a documentary it. and a movie. Yeah. yeah, like I think about that movie. I thought about that movie a lot when I was uh, re-watching Point Break. Just like that. It starts out, like you were saying, Sammy, as like this sort of like uh, subculture. It's very like, you know, uh, it's breaking the rules. Yeah. It's deviating from the norm but then in like lords of dogtown you know one of these guys like becomes a like professional skateboarder and now is like part of this like capitalist you know he has like sponsors and (laughs) like his friends are still like breaking into like empty pools and skating those and so it's like this weird time yeah and he's and he starts his own crew after that Mm -hmm. that's uh there's another great movie called the rise and fall of gator i can't remember what his last name was but gator was a um at, at that point in skateboarding Everyone was doing because of pools. Yes, uh, that moved into these like extreme half pipes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the extreme half pipe movement, uh, Gator was like a star of that scene. But then uh, people started seeing that as like too Disney, too cute, uh, and it shifted along with skateboard technology to street skating. Well, because if you want if, to be the best like half piper, when a half pipe that big, you need a half pipe that big. Right. And so like. Not you can't do it if you don't have a half pipe that big. So everyone else is like, "Well, fuck it, we're going back to the empty pools." <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah. Or like, or just skateboarding in any municipal like staircase, mm-hmm. yes. public library, ramp, like anything on the. So street skating became really, really big, and Gator could not uh, compete on that level, even though he was like an Olympic god when it came to these uh, the, doing ver- vertical, you know, uh, half pipes that are like yeah. two stories tall. He doesn't know how to, like, fuck up the front of the library and then, like, run from the cops. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so he just came off as corny, son. Corny! <laughs> Wearing his Jimmy Z's. But Tony like, Hawk kind of, like, well, he can street skate, I think, a little bit. I think bit. He, he bridged was, both those worlds. He was part of the Bones Brigade. He was, like, well-respected, but he was uh, definitely, like, a, an aerial skateboarder. <laughs> an aerial skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, dude. So, uh, but back to this synopsis, man. Yes, got, man. It's Damn. fine. We're, no, I love that we're, we're just stretching it out. Keanu... He's he's goes uh, and tries to learn how to how to surf, but you know he doesn't have an in, and he's drowning, uh, and then <gasps> what? Suddenly a mermaid saves him. A mermaid him. named Lori Petty. Yes, so Lori Petty, uh, who um, you know inverted not the damsel in distress at the beginning of this film, she is actually the powerful savior, screaming at him, <laughs> saying he's on the ground like coughing up sand, and she's like, "What's wrong with you?" Yeah. Yeah, she say she she's the expert, and he's got to learn from her. Yeah, and so Lori Petty teaches Keanu Reeves how to uh, surf. Mm-hmm. Um, after he he does a background check on her, finds out she's an orphan. Then he catfishes her and pretends he's an orphan. Mm-hmm. That's low, even for the feds. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking bargain basement manipulation. Yeah, that's some bullshit. So this is like an early example of catfishing yep. in a movie, 
And uh, it's one of those lies that will come out. You know, <laughs> if you have two living parents, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can hold out of that ghost for mm, so long. <laughs> but he well, didn't expect to fall for her. He I didn't. Think. Right. Well, this is the cliche of it's almost different. every rom-com of as course. well. Yeah. It didn't start out this way. Yes. Yes. I lied to you excessively <laughs> for the majority of the time we were getting to know each other. But I, no, but I fell for you. I knew it was going to be this way. I never thought that I would fall for this strong, beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah, who rocks my fucking world in bed and also taught me a new skill. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and through uh, meeting Lori Petty, uh, he gets introduced to a gang of, uh, of surfers who uh, is led by the mysterious, enlightened, the beautiful, alpha the male. The chiseled, the dripping. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Bodhi. Bodhi. Which is short for Bodhisattva because he's searching for the truth. Right, and uh, is... the bodhisattvas in Buddhism are the enlightened ones that stay on earth instead right. of uh, attaining nirvana so that they can help guide others uh, on their path of illumination. Soul Sherpas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll help you get up this mountain. And so immediately we are shoehorned into this beautiful conflict, right? Because Keanu Reeves, he's there for the job. You know, he's like, he's got work to do. He's undercover. He just needs Lori Petty to get in there. He's type A. He's, he's controlling. You know, he's a winner. Top of his class, clean cut. And then like next thing he knows, uh-oh, he's kind of fallen for Lori Petty. And uh-oh, surfing is awesome. And uh-oh, he, he kind of, he kind of digs these guys. Yeah. Like he's got they an are, in with them. Yeah. They're encouraging him to right. like enjoy his life. Well, they played beach football and they remembered that he was a quarterback, like a successful, you know, collegiate quarterback who won the, won the Rose Bowl. Yeah. He used to be a part of a team with a bunch of other young men that were all striving for excellence Mm -hmm. and were into extreme adrenaline like sports. They don't say he's a, no, no, go. They don't say he's a boy scout, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit if he were a boy scout, probably definitely made it to Eagle. Like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so he got his knee blown out in the big game and ended up going to law school. It's a typical story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Becoming a square. And I have a friend who works at a family court as a bailiff. And mm-hmm. I was like, how do you feel about lawyers? And he goes, dude, lawyers are just adults that love doing homework. Yes. It's true. Yes. It's like people that just never gave up on doing homework. Yeah. They were like, wait, I can do like intense school for like three straight years and then basically do some version of school forevermore. Yes. They love it. They can't get enough. They can't get enough. So, uh, so that's um, and and uh, and we'll we'll uh, fast forward through the synopsis. Basically, we find out that um, that uh, that his crew of, of guys led by Bodie are the ex president. Yes. Indeed, he's and embedded. Now he has to find a way to stop them uh, and save Lori Petty, who they kidnap at that's one right. point. And it wouldn't be an action movie if someone didn't get kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. you know. And, you know, uh, there's a bunch of awesome action scenes that we can go through, uh, you know, one by one. But, like, one thing that I thought about this movie was that it's – one of its themes is that it's a, just a really awesome coming-of-age movie as well. Say more. Okay. Well, uh, Johnny Utah is he's, – he's left childhood, and he's graduated, basically. He's yes. graduated from FBI Academy at Quantico, and now he's getting sent on his first mission. And he's got two – Mentors, mm-hmm. uh, Angelo Pappas, an angel, <laughs> Father Angel Pappas, <laughs> ah, and he has uh, his other mentor who is Bodhi, and so now it's like they're both giving him peak experiences, 
he's having so many peak experiences in this film, and it's and uh, Bodhi is uh, what what what's the the first one is um, night surfing, right? You know, and he's like, it, I'm not. He's like, they go surfing at night, and they turn all the lights of their cars off, and uh, it's very dark. And Keanu Reeves is like, I. I'm not. I can't see. I'm gonna die out here. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze is like, "No, you're gonna be okay." And then he is, and yeah. he's like, "He's like, close your eyes. Oh. Don't worry about it." It's yeah. like He's like blind. Feel the wave. Right. It's feel very, the wave. It's Obi Wan Kenobi in Star Wars Ooh. when he puts the uh, b- the blinding yes. blaster helmet on uh, Luke and has him use his lightsaber to fight the little orb that's shooting lasers at him. Beautiful. Comparison. The ocean at night is terrifying. <laughs> the way. ocean like, in I the daytime is terrifying. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Dude, I would never. The ocean is terrifying. The ocean in general, yeah. yeah. I, surfing is one thing I don't think I could ever honestly do. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like a licensed scuba diver. To get like another oh, wow. advanced certification, you have to do a night dive, which Ooh. is basically you swimming around with like a flashlight so you can only see directly in that's front of so, you. Or that's wherever. my nightmare. Yeah, sure. so I couldn't do that. Also, the sitting on the board, I'm you know, scared of sharks. Yeah, well, yeah. you're an avid shark fan. I remember when we lived together, you had Shark Week was like, it was always Shark Big Week. Well, we've covered that in the <laughs> a whole bunch on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Hammerheads, I Mako's. Want, I also want to say, so the first time I saw this movie, I'd never surfed before. Since uh, the first time I saw it, I, two years ago, did take one surf lesson on a trip. And basically, like, the surf instructor made it so that I was successful. He was, like, literally holding onto the back of the board, and he, like, like waited for, yeah, and, like, pushed me forward. And I was like, ah, it's okay if I get up. It's okay if I don't. I don't really care. I just, like, want to give it a try. I got up on that board, and I rode a wave for about five seconds before I fell. And in that five seconds, I was like, holy shit, I understand why people abandon their lives for this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was like, I get it. I fucking get it. Yo, it's the truth. I get it. I was up there for five seconds. I was in uh, Costa Rica. I was going to say, that sounds like a Costa Rica. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, because I like went in just feeling like, oh, I'll just give us a go. And when I got off that board, I was like, oh shit, this might be like, I could, I could see myself just f- saying, just fuck being it. Being like, you know what? I live in this shack now yeah. on this Costa Rican beach and I'm just going to chase this feeling forever. Yeah. Your core is activated. <laughs> yes. You, oh, you work out. You feel weightless. Right. You feel weightless and strong. One with nature. It's, uh, it's big. You're zened out. You're blissed out the rest of the day because you already did this awesome thing. Yeah. It was like 7 a.m. <laughs> you're connected with nature. Yeah. You're eating well. You're part of it. Were you in Tamarindo? I was in Nosara. Mm. I think everyone that goes to Costa Rica is like, I'm not going to – I can do this. I can just stay here. <laughs> A lot of people do. A yeah. lot of Americans I mean, I thought, Costa Rica. I thought about it strongly. I was like, I don't really need to go back. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be the uh, only American down there. No, no. I'd, A lot of people down there. It's, yeah, a, it's kind of like a retirement community now. For like 25 For 25-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> people it who is. are ready to retire at 25 go down there. Yeah. So, uh, but I think our, our boy, Johnny Utah, he's learning he different lessons. He gets that lessons. feeling. He, he, he catches that bug and he's like, oh my God, I feel free. What I also love about this is like, this relationship is so complicated and deeply sexual. Like these two men, Bodhi and Johnny Utah, never have any like what we would consider like explicit homosexual contact but like their relationship is very intense it is very like emotional and like in that moment when he's like close your eyes trust yourself it's okay that you can't see he like literally teaches this guy who like comes in so cocky to really like slow down and trust himself and so he gets off the wave and he's like exhilarated but he feels that way because like his mark got him there yeah. And so now there's this weird thing where he's like, I need to, like, take you down, but you also 
lift me up. Right. He doesn't know yet that right. this guy, that uh, Bodhi is, is, uh, is the bank robber. Right. But, and then this is another trope too, that like in superhero films, like right. the, uh, the villain and the hero often start as friends. Yes. And so, and then, you know, and then there's the, that reveal mm-hmm. later and the hero realizes that he's got to kill the villain or, yes. or take him down. My best friend, my brother, my father. Right. I mean, right. he's, he's conflicted, I think ultimately too, because he, he likes these guys. Like yeah. their whole vibe is not bad. Like again, they, they're, they're not hurting anybody and they're scaring the shit out of people when they rob banks. <laughs> they traumatize <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah, but they're not, uh, the town is shaken, but okay. <laughs> right. uh, they're like a few grand shorter and a little shaken up, yeah. but like everyone's ultimately still in one piece. I mean, you I've know? been there, you know, it's not fun to have a gun pulled on you. <laughs> no, no. It's an, an incredibly, uh, you know, frightening. Yeah. You discover vulnerability very But also, quickly. when they're not... That's only 90 seconds of the day, though. Right. And when they're not doing that, they're like... Well, his whole speech, Banding too, together. Was yes. Awesome. Yeah. He was just like... He's like, don't worry. None, you're like, we're not going to hurt anybody. And honestly, nobody's losing anything. This money's insured. That's right. So that's what he says. Like, he's like, yeah. basically, don't risk your life for something that, is, you know... It's a victimless crime. Victimless. Yeah. Sure. And they go, I don't and it's mind all a... stealing from corporate America or banks. <laughs> it's all performative, right? Like, these yeah. are, like, thrill seekers. They, like... T- chase their thrills in the ocean they chase their thrills this is like another how they get their kicks on land is by robbing banks basically and like they but this performative aspect of it is like where the rush comes from but then they dress up as these presidents the irony the irony yeah yeah people that have been stealing your money lbj nixon and reagan and they like refer to each other as like mr reagan and like lb throughout yeah mr president I didn't like the Jimmy Carter one. I mean, I just feel like he didn't fit into the the, the trope there. Sure, people love Jimmy Carter. Um, progressives do, but I I also uh, have to say that uh, looking back in hindsight, Jimmy Carter made it okay for evangelical Christianity to be woven into our politics. Right. So he was uh, the r- religious uh, left, but it it then just justified the religious right. Yeah. So he was the first guy to make that okay. Before him, you would have been seen as like a raisin cake or like Looney Tunes to bring your faith into uh, the presidential like right. election cycle. Well, Reagan also kept kept pumping that in. Right. He kept, well right yeah. after Carter, he was like, right. "Cool, let's take this out of his playbook yep. and like run with it." But uh, but yeah, it, it is it is weird to have him in here. I don't think people liked him in the '90s though because he he uh, he led to Reagan. Yeah. So. But the, one of the most arresting scenes in this film for me is the uh, is Patrick Swayze wearing the Reagan mask, turning a gas nozzle. That was the best. Yes. I, I wrote that down it's as my favorite so scene. Good. It's a favorite scene. I think it was just the coolest visually. Yeah, um, it was it's amazing. A, every this movie is beautiful. Like every like a scene, like car chases look beautiful. Yeah. Like with that like murky setting sun, always like casting that sort of like California haze over everything. Like yeah. the scenes of the, of them surfing are beautiful. The, and we'll talk about it later. Like them, of course, when they skydive, it's like breathtaking. Well, I would, yeah, you brought up the beauty of this film. It yeah. feels like a music video. Yeah. It, it feels like early Tony Scott had it, the same <laughs> aesthetic as well. When you watch like uh, true romance or, um, Revenge, or even Top Gun. Uh, that's, I don't know if they used the same cinematographer because I didn't research that, but 
one thing Catherine Bigelow does really well is that a lot of these shots are during the magic hour. Yes. So either shot yes. right at dawn or right at sunset. She's like, listen, I know when everyone looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they definitely filmed that scene where they, they're supposed to be the first night surf uh, with the, the crew. That scene, that looked like it was dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I and you saw, the, you know. Crack of dawn. Yeah. And everything, the sun just sparkles off all of the waves and they they all have like a little bit of bleaching to their yeah. hair. I mean, so I feel like, like everyone's like, I'm not getting in there at night. Can we wait till like there's some sun? Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really pretty. And she does, uh, another really fun thing she does is uses uh, point of view handheld cameras. Yes. And uh, you see that in the chases. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like watching an IMAX movie in some ways. Yeah. I feel like I, if you've ever watched a lot of IMAX movies growing up, it felt like kind of one of those. Like sure. Like so if it was a big screen, you could really feel immersed Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that Keanu does a lot of like physical research for his movies. I don't know whether you guys noticed that, but like I've seen like this montage of him like doing all this like handgun training. He trained with the USC football team before this movie, so he would look good throwing a football. Oh, you know, wow. he did another football movie, you know, prior. He um he worked with the FBI, he just sat in on FBI meetings before this film too. So sure. he, he does. He does a lot of uh, a lot of research. Well, he flew. They all. Flew, he and Lori Petty and um, Patrick Swayze got flown to Hawaii mm-hmm. to go train uh, in surfing after they got the roles for this. Yeah. So that was like what a dream. Oh, what, I know. <laughs> what I, a dream. Swayze was like a certified. Uh, he he was a, a big time skydiver. He had over fifty five skydives under Whoa. his belt before he took this role. Oh I didn't wow! Know that. So that scene where which is the longest free fall of in, hit, in recorded history. They were they were falling for about twelve minutes <laughs> <laughs> and talking to each other. Yeah, so just, yeah not even shouting. Just <laughs> this is so cool, man. There's some magic to that. They're, they're yeah. smiling big, but yeah. like you know, relatively. Chill. You pull first. No, you. I would easily have pulled first. Yeah, I'd been like, okay, yeah, I'll pull now. I pulled three minutes ago, man. I don't know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> we're already safe. I, I yeah. made it so. Yeah, and uh, can we uh, can we talk about speaking of the the Reagan mask during that beautiful chase? Uh, where Keanu Reeves is like chasing Swayze all through the neighborhoods, all through the houses. Dude, it felt it felt like a video game. Yeah, it feels yeah, it feels like a video game. And then when he like runs up the thing and they like make eye contact Creepy. through the mask, and he's like go, he's about to shoot him. He's got him in his sights, but then there's this moment of like brief but very intense eye contact, and then. He decides not to shoot. Swayze runs away, and then Keanu Reeves like rolls onto his back and is like, ah! and like shoots the gun up into the air. Like, pow, 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 pow. you mean ejaculates? Yeah. Furiously. <laughs> Furious ejaculation. <laughs> totally. Like I can't have you physically, but I'm gonna yeah! whack my gun off. <laughs> Which I think is just good 100%. writing. <laughs> Honestly, but that, that sets up the whole end of the movie because Swayze knows that he spared him, so he doesn't want to actually kill him, but he's going to threaten him so that they don't get in trouble. Sure, he so doesn't even want to maim him. No. Because you know he could have shot him in the leg. Yeah, of course. He could, right. But he wanted to leave that gorgeous, gorgeous body. What intact. do you think is happening in that moment where he, like, they make eye... Why does he not shoot? He's got his... He's been... They've just had this, like, ten-minute, like, insane chase on foot... After following a car chase, following like, a bank robbery, like why doesn't he get him? Bro, in their heads, silently, bro, <laughs> so, bro. I mean, there's so bro. much love in this film that goes before that, and it's that coming of age mentor thing. It's like, so uh, Boat. The very first thing Bodhi does is uh, he um, he's like, this this is my ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. 
you can have her. So yeah. He, like gives Lori makes an offering. Yeah. Then he's like, come to a part. Then he he uh, he backs him up in a fight with the Death Squad. Oh yeah. The other gang of surfers. Yep. Then after that, he invites him to a party. Then he takes him night surfing. Uh, these are all peak experiences. And, oh, and then when they first meet on the beach, he acknowledges uh, Johnny Utah's past. He's like, yeah. you were um, – I can't remember what state he played for. SC yeah, you played for whatever, whatever. Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. So he's like, he's like he knows him and acknowledges like where he's an expert. You're like, you don't know who this is? It's Johnny Utah. Yeah, so he like brings this guy in, and everything about that is just like it's – a, It's a beautiful, long courtship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, the seduction mm-hmm. that that long game. So of course you're going to give the guy a pass. Um, yeah, they, they, they were they were Nazis technically, right? The uh, War Child and Bunker, <laughs> but I didn't. War he Child looked him. of color. Yeah, I mean so they I called him. And Nazi Anthony Kiedis was definitely sure. I wonder what that means. Well, before this movie came out, there was a surf film Nazis. called Surf Nazis, right? So it's like anybody. Yeah, I think it just means like uh, they terrorized of, the surf scene. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> but they did have a swastika in their in their house. Did no one else see that? They had third right art. Sure. Well, they'd also been to jail. Right. And if you're white and you go to jail, you you got to throw a swastika sure. to survive. It's true. I saw shot collars. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, your your question though, why why didn't he kill him? Or I why doesn't he take him out? Yeah. The chase because that was the chase could have ended, and right. that is where like. That is when, if you've been lying to yourself to this point in the movie, you're like, this is a relationship <laughs> with sexual tension right. woven into the fabric of it. Like, there, he's like, I can't, You like you were saying, Gabe, he's been giving him all these peak experiences, and he knows if he takes him out right then, the chase is over. Right. He's also learning things. Every time he talks to him, there's like <laughs> another, a new skill. <laughs> like another fortune cookie, like new age, uh, spiritual. He drops some like nugget wisdom on him and he's like, whoa. Yeah. He's he like, likes whoa. him. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. Also, again, the writing, it just makes for a better ending. Like they wouldn't have that, that skydive trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trip. Yeah. It is. It is. It is that. Uh, I just feel like every time they talk, he's talking to a life coach that's teaching him. Yeah. Something. He's like a young, he's young, dumb, and full of cum. He's naive. And uh, Bodhi's just like, he's seen it. He wants to know, like, wh- how do you tick? What what makes you what makes you uh, such a cool dude? Mm-hmm. And um, it's so seductive. And Pappas, what's the one lesson that he can give him? Like, the peak experience he has with the FBI is that he murdered somebody. Like, he when they go and they raid the death squad's house, yeah. uh, Johnny Utah ends up, like, shooting one of the guys. And then at the end of it, he's, like, standing there looking in front of a f- uh, the broken mirror. Right. And Pappas is like, is this the fir- this is your first time? So, like, from the night before, he learns how to surf at night blind and has sex with Lori Petty. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the gift that these bank robbers give him. And the gift that the FBI gives him is, like, taking a life. Mm-hmm. And then carrying on with your day. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. So... Really, the whole time I'm, you're like balancing on the scales, like which of these is a better life? Yeah. You know? Who's actually enlightened here? The law and order people or the, the bank robbers? I'm trying to figure out who said. Who, who gets it? Yeah. You know, truly, I think that's kind of what Keanu, that's like, because that's the struggle of all of our like coming of age is you're like looking around at all these adults around you and you're like, but who really gets it? Yeah. You know? Because whoever gets it, that's who I want to follow that's who i want to learn from yeah there's like the mystic i don't want to be unhappy (laughs) 
Yeah, the the bank robbers never seem unhappy. That's the thing. All the FBI yeah. agents are so stressed out all the time. Like, and then Keanu Reeves is like, all right, I got to go back undercover. Yeah. And it like, goes down to the beach and they're all like, hey, man, let's throw a football and night surf. And he's like, I mean, who am I working for? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I love Pappas. Like, uh, of course. I mean, uh, he's... Busey, but he also is an outsider in the FBI. Right. And I think that he's a bit of a joke because he's been, like, on this case for so long and hasn't been able to, like, make headway. And so I think he's, like, lost some respect, perhaps. And he keeps throwing his age out there. Like, I've been I've been on the force when you were still caca in your pants and rubbing it in your nose. Like, he literally... <laughs> I, was, I was in the shit in case on. He's, like, another yeah, dance yes. lover, like, a Vietnam vet. Absolutely. Like Superheated very quickly, that scene. <laughs> yeah, Zero that was a thousand. scene. There are two scenes in this movie where I, you think to yourself, these people are definitely about to kiss. And that is one of them. <laughs> like, you like that? Yeah. Dude, they're like, they're screaming at each other. And it's like, ah, tell me how you feel. I'll tell you how I feel. And they're like an inch apart from each other. And he's like, oh, it's going to get better. And, like, yeah. it, and it ends and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. It seemed like a makeout was like inevitable right here. But then it doesn't happen yeah and then you uh we like piggyback at the end of the movie you know oh, yeah. when the when uh swayze and keanu reeves are like on that beach rain streaming down everyone's face rain, so wet everyone is so moist in this whole movie <laughs> like <laughs> half the cast is dripping yeah <laughs> the entire movie and like in any other movie the last scene of the movie the two main characters reuniting on a beach in the rain they'd make out yeah, it'd be romantic. It would be so romantic. Uh, but instead, they they, they tussle and then uh, they they throw each other's bodies around the sand. <laughs> and and then Keanu's like, "I locked myself to you," and he's like, "No, no, no!" And then he lets him free. Yeah, yeah. He's I hope spoilers are okay in this podcast. Oh, we don't care. Okay, good. If you haven't seen uh, Point Break, why are you even here? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's also thirty years old. <laughs> yeah, like. you'll figure it out. There's Google. Uh, the FBI is like a terrible group. Uh, I was just thinking about, like, his intro to them, how they're, uh, the boss just seems like he's got IBS. Oh. I like John, John McGinley. He's John great C. in McGinley. Scrubs. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, he's like one of Oliver Stone's, uh, frequently casted guys who's in Platoon. Yeah. Great actor. But Wall Street. His intro is just like, he's like, uh, are you healthy? But he you sells healthy? It. Yeah. You, you doing cardio? He was also in another bank robber movie that we covered. Yeah. He was the cop and set it off. That's right. Yeah. So he, he, he's go. good at playing a tight ass. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, he's got, he's got that face. Yeah. It's like a perfect rectangle. Like you know the, what I the mean? The cadence of his voice also yeah. is very stern. Yeah. His broad front teeth as well. That's how you know he's serious. And the FBI is all about uh, data and number crunching. Yes. Which is the antithesis. Like like that. The intro we get here is just. It's all about research. It's all about paperwork. Uh, I didn't yeah. know that we had the forensic levels that they were like. You know, going through hair samples and dirt samples. I was like, I didn't know that was uh, possible in, in 91. It, that, it was. The big problem was that um, a lot of people didn't believe that stuff yet. Right. Though. So, like, even in uh, serial killer cases from that time period, DNA evidence was – it was admissible, but you had to convince – Met with skepticism. Yeah, right, right. It was like, what? People what thought talking? it was like witch. They were like, come on. <laughs> you didn't really. That's witchcraft. <laughs> You're saying I have fingerprints in my blood cells? That's ridiculous. So – but uh, what a sly comment on uh, the environmental crisis and pollution. Indeed. When you've got the fact that these guys have, like, their bodies are just absorbing toxic waste on the beach. Yeah. And, like, why would we have – and then you see that it's a great scene where they cut from the sort of power plant 
uh, moving down to the beach where everyone's playing. Yeah, avoid contact with water is, is what the sign <laughs> said, which yeah. is kind of hard to do at the beach, you know. And you're like, oh, well, you know, once this poison goes in the water, it, it goes everywhere. It's yeah. like, it doesn't stay, like, right yeah. in that spot. Water it's... doesn't respect uh, boundaries. <laughs> International boundaries. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, water nor air. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> Just, you know, the main way is the chemical waste spread. Sure. Well, you look at uh, where the, the nuclear power plant in Japan. Fukushima. Fukushima. You know, after the tsunami hit that and the earthquake and uh, the radiation still, like, pouring out of that thing. Well, yeah. It's just... And it's it's going in a, a convection circle around oh, yeah. the whole ocean right now. Within the next several months after the incident, uh, fish on the west coast of America were testing like three times higher for radio radioactivity. We're all in the same crockpot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like, or like, dude, the, the Gulf of Mexico is just like one big oil slurry. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to bring it down, but <laughs> if have you ever like, had like a slushy? Yeah. Imagine that, but oil. Yeah. yeah, that's the Gulf of Mexico. Everyone's like, "Would you like a colossal uh, Gulf tiger shrimp?" Absolutely not. Yeah. I want none of the Gulf shrimp. No. If I, when I go out, it's not going to be because of an, a bad Gulf shrimp. It's going to be because I jumped out of a plane without a uh, backpack. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah. we get skydiving. Who's done it? Uh, I haven't done it, but I don't know if I would. I don't. I, you'd have to push me. <laughs> but, would you, you'd, but you'd get up there and you'd be like, you'd let yourself be pushed. Um, I, don't, I feel like I'd be the guy like clinging onto the edge. But if someone was with me, because the first time you go, you have to be paired up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, tandem. Yeah, so I feel like I could do it then. Yeah, I need a pro. I don't think I would trust Strap myself. Strapped to me. Yeah, I, you need your own Bodie. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd follow that dude anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'll zip line, but I don't think I'm getting into an airplane. Uh, they, you know what? Them flying like they did. I mean, I, it was a metaphor for flying for me more than it was uh, parachuting, and I just kept thinking of the Lost Boys and how they're kind of like, oh these the are trestle, all like, the trestle jump. Yeah, these guys are all just, you know, this is like Peter Pan, too. It's like joining these kids that never grew up. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it made me, honestly, and the movie The Lost Boys as well, thinking about that. Like, this movie has the exact same plot as Lost Boys, be, where you have a guy who has to go undercover and join a gang of bank-robbing surfers to save a woman, Lori Petty, in mm-hmm. the case of Point Break, or in The Lost Whale Trainer from Free Willy, <laughs> <laughs> famously. Also, shout-outs to Lori Petty, Tank Girl, man. She's an icon. That's right. And uh, definitely an f- uh, early crush. I realized watching this now formative, I was like, ooh, short hair, like oh, uh, yeah. athletic. Yes. Like can hang with the boys. Yes. She's doing great. Again, I say there is something for truly everyone in this movie. If you are a very straight Cis man, this movie is for you. If you are a queer woman, this movie is for you. Yeah. If you are a queer man, this movie, if you are just... If you're a straight woman who just wants that sweet, sweet eye candy. This movie is for you because Patrick Swayze looks in... His body is insane <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> it is, like, unfathomable, the shape that he is in. His hair is long and again streaming <laughs> with water. At least half the time. I wonder if it's broad appeal on all, on, on all those things you just said is because it's actually directed by a woman Ooh. who really doesn't see anything or everything in black and white as far as, like, you know, sexuality or appeal. But, I, but like, 
but this movie is absolutely like about guys. Like what we've, right. you know, Lori Petty's in it, but the truth is like, what does she do? She honestly kind of just serves as like proof that like neither Keanu Reeves or Patrick Swayze is gay. <laughs> like they almost like put her in there and they're like, cause these two men have this like intense relationship and it's like, uh, no, 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 uh, Keanu, he's not gay. Don't worry. You're not watching a movie about like two men. Uh, he sleeps with Lori Petty. Oh, and just a uh, and quick uh, backstory: she also slept with uh, Patrick Swayze. I agree that she is um, that this movie is like very uh, male centric. But one thing I want to give Catherine Bigelow about Lori Petty in this is that even though she is the damsel in distress at the end, mm-hmm. they gave her skills. Yeah, and they gave her, and she had the ability. Like she plays football with the guys. Yeah, so she is active in the film. She's a she's an accomplished surfer in her own right. Yeah, she's never a spectator. Right, she's not like uh, like just hanging from a. From, like, she's not like <laughs> she's never perched somewhere. <laughs> like at the party, she's like in the party. You know, when they're surfing, she's surfing. She's never like on the waves. Like careful. <laughs> right, or like or like upset that like Kino no. has to hang out with dudes. Does she ever cry? No, in no. fact, the only time she really gets, like, emotional and mad, <laughs> she pulls out a gun and shoots it to scare Keanu Reeves. <laughs> right. Remember that when she finds out who he is and she's yeah. like, pew, pew, <laughs> wake up! Right, she ejaculates her gun. <laughs> <laughs> Reasserts her dominance over him. Woo. Oh, my God, so that she could get kidnapped. Oh. But I, I, I gotta say, though, Lost Boys, I saw this around the same time, and it is the same plot. <laughs> I gotta come back to it because it's a it's, it's a guy comforting who goes undercover in a, with a gang of vampire uh, motorcyclists a mashup to save another mashup. Uh-huh. It feels like it could have been a Catherine Bigelow movie. Could've it's been. a Joel Schumacher who's a gay filmmaker. Maybe but. they'll get together. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Schumacher's out here saying wild ass shit though. He's like, I've slept with like ten thousand to twenty thousand men. I, I don't know. You don't have time. I lost count. <laughs> I'm like, how did you do that? I don't think so. Yeah. We're all busy. His number. He's posting numbers. He's up there like Wilt the Stilt. I have laundry to do. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, oh, Gabe, what was your favorite scene? Because, Sammy, you said your scene. favorite scene in the movie is the f- yeah. flamethrower in the gas station. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm just curious. Okay. I'm not, a, scene, a scene that I loved was the first surf lesson scene. Oh. And I'm not going to say it was my favorite, but I wrote down a couple things about that I really liked. I liked that it was shot in this, like, um, with almost no words. Mm. Yeah. So you see, I like movies where it's, like, showing and not telling. Immersive. And you get this, in. Exactly. So watching Lori Petty and Keanu Reeves on their uh, boards and her just sort of uh, gesticulating wildly <laughs> in slow motion uh-huh. <laughs> was awesome. And I thought, man, this is this is great. Uh, and then also, that's the intro to Bodhi, and he's like, he's leaning into the into the curling wave. So that that whole scene has very few words, and just like, uh, just great shut up and look at surf. it. Surf, yeah, it's just yeah. beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. All it looks candy. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a, a scene that I really loved as well was uh, was the raid on the surf Nazis. <laughs> I love that scene for so many reasons, not least of which is because there are two 
uh, a woman answers the door in a bra and a thong. Uh, like a leather bra and thong. And like, and it's not like explained or like <laughs> remarked upon. And we see there's a shots of her from the front and the back. Sure. It just like, but and but why? And then the only other woman in the house is a woman in the shower who doesn't appear to be on, but she is just like naked in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and so I, when I think of that scene, I'm just like, it's just like butts and bullets. Like yeah. bullets are flying, and tushes are like going all over the place. The naked lady was relentless. She almost, oh, yeah. she almost took out all the guns. <laughs> she stabs knife. an FBI yeah. agent with a knife. <laughs> Butt ass naked. <laughs> yeah. And that's another, like the women in this movie, uh, they can hang. Like yeah. out, they're out, they're out there swinging punches too. They're and stabbing like, agents. Yeah, they're equally as bad as the men. Yeah, there's they no are. weak female role. I don't think. No, you, well, they couldn't. You couldn't be weak to hang with this crew because they're baddies. <laughs> they are. They are bad. They are so bad. And uh, yeah, I wanted Flea to be in this too. If you're gonna have one Chili Pepper, throw in a second one. You kind of, I sort of he feel was. like he is right. In I spirit, think in the car, he's always in that car <laughs> with the open top. Yeah, I love the car with the open top. Those guys. I want that car with the open top. Yeah, those old really, jeeps. Oh, I really covet it. Yeah, I was like, how are you guys getting away with this? They Deeply are... unsafe. <laughs> Just not but driving correctly, yeah. No. And, and you'd think that right after they got their asses kicked... They would be like licking Humboldt. their wounds in the yeah. car. Humble, no. they, instead, they're just like tw- they're like let's let's pump up the volume. Yeah, let's turn it up to eleven. In this what does Bodie say? He's like, if you're not willing to pay the ultimate price, or he's like, if, if you want to ride the ultimate ride, you got to be willing to the, pay the ultimate right. price. It's one of his little like yep. nuggets of. I think what he means by wisdom. that is if you're going to have a house party, you need to keep a lot of open flame candles yeah. there and have uh, like fire jugglers and spitters in your apartment. Yeah, that's very, my philosophy. Very unsafe. <laughs> yeah, super at risk. A lot of like unsafe uh, fire play in this film too. Like when they're on that beach night surfing, uh, I think it's Rose who Rosie he stabs uh, one of those like. Um, it's like light, a lighter fluid container. Yes. Propane. Instead of just like opening it up. No. Oh, lighter fluid. You're right. Yeah, yeah. and pouring it out. Yeah. He's like stabs it and gets lighter fluid all over his arm. Yeah, and then it's like. He, just, <laughs> he spits alcohol in it. That guy's <laughs> real dumb. Yeah. Do they have a death wish or do they want to live? That guy definitely had a death wish. <laughs> he called him a mechanism when he was explaining what's, what's going to happen <laughs> to Lori Petty's character. He's like, he's a wind-up doll, he goes, man. He's a fucking mechanism. Once you start, he doesn't stop. Yeah. I like that. Good description. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, he is a mechanic. Well, they do. They have a death wish, but it's, but uh, it's finding a meaning in their lives. Right. Like they are, they're willing to die the whole time. At least Bodie is. These other guys, I don't know how into it they are. Really? Do you think they're like one hundred percent committed? I think they honestly don't think. I think it's like all young people. They think like nothing bad is going to actually happen. Yeah. They're just and young, then young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah. Right. Every cult always starts off good. They always start off with like a love bombing. Oh, yeah. The the term actually is like love bombing. You know, make you feel so good, make you feel so welcome. Like you have found your place. You have found your tribe. We understand you. We want you to live your best life and we're going to help you live it. And it always ends in a ritual suicide. Yeah. And that is honestly, yeah, a takeaway about cults is that, uh, <laughs> by and large, ends in bloodbath. Probably a bad idea. Well, it, it you know, and and I think that that last bank robbery was a ritual suicide. And yeah, well, he Bodhi, makes a change. Yeah, because they never go down to the vault, and then he's like, go to the vault, and they're all like, what? 
I mean, if we all rehearse the script, then you go off book. It's gonna, right. It's uh, the the play's gonna crash and burn. And like good improv, like good scene partners, you know, they're like, well, this isn't what we do, but like, yes, and and you know, and they like, yes, and that change to you know, to their detriment. I was thinking about this that last scene, that last bank robbery. We've got Keanu Reeves has to go in there, and uh, and he he joins the ex presidents for the bank robbery. Yes, he doesn't get to wear a mask. No, and in real life, uh, Pat, this happened to Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst was the daughter of the Hearst fortune. Uh, and uh, she's so the heir to the Hearst fortune, and she got kidnapped by a bunch of leftist radicals, the SLA, and uh, they couldn't find her. Like, you know, the press was looking for her, the police were looking for her, and they couldn't find her. And then a few months after her kidnapping, she surfaced on a film uh, as a member of the group robbing a bank. And then when they finally um, rescued her, she had to go on trial for the bank robbery. Oh, even though, she, even though she had to, because she was a prisoner. Right, she well, was man. the most famous case of, or the first big publicized case of the Stockholm syndrome. Right, that's where right. You become empathetic towards your captors. Yeah, yeah, because they brainwashed her. Basically, right. well, that was the the argument is that she was brainwashed. So because they kept mm-hmm. her in a, a closet for like a month and just fed her acid. And uh, would would sit outside of her door. And, I like, mean, read her read her the communist the manifesto. manifesto. Yeah, you know, somebody locks you in a closet for a month, and then they open the door and they're like, "Do you want to come out and rob a bank with us?" You're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> like, like, oh my god, yeah! Anything, you know, she's already whatever there. you want. Yeah. yeah, I have been. Worried. Do you want me to hold the gun? I will. Like, sure. So thankful. <laughs> so, but she's fine now. You know, she's got a family. She's all she's good. Okay. And uh, John Waters put her in a, a movie. Uh, Playing a role that's similar to her being kidnapped. We all process trauma in our own way. <laughs> yeah. So watching uh, Keanu Reeves rob this bank made me think of the uh, Patty Hearst case. Interesting. Well, what do you guys think? Do you have anything you'd like to say? I know we have joke in the oeuvre about Keanu Reeves and how he like doesn't really move his face, but... I would say this is the movie with the least Keanu Reeves face movement. I mean, there <laughs> yeah. are scenes like when he realizes that he has accidentally blo- like messed up this raid on the, on the, what are they? The, uh, we'll call him a death squad. The death squad. The yeah. Nazis. When he's like sort Warchild. of accidentally blown this raid and he's like killed a guy. He li- like face totally not moving. Only his lips. He goes, shit, shit, <laughs> shit. It's like, but like like a statue, he really like a statue whose only lips can move. A blank canvas upon which we can put all of our meaning. <laughs> I mean, he almost had his face shoved into a lawnmower, and he didn't make. And it doesn't facial. move. Yes, yeah, Sammy. No yeah, dude. Uh, can't, this was his first action movie. Before yeah. this, he was known for making comedies like Bill and Ted and uh, Parenthood. Well, he was in The River's Edge too. Which yeah, was a much darker film, but and indie films yeah. too. Yeah, so. But, but I, uh, he's such a likable. Oh yeah, I mean, guy. of course. But then, of course, by the time he hits the Matrix, and it's like, okay, now he's he's got right. it. Well, oh, his yeah. big breakout action film after this was Speed. Right. Speed, right. Speed in '94 cemented him as uh, as like a, a guy, a guy like that, a blockbuster. He also yeah. killed it in that Paul Abdul video. Which one? I Did he remember. play MC Scat Cat? <laughs> no, it was the one before, that. <laughs> or the one after that. Um. Yeah. You want to break down how we 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 felt? Do you want to you want to rate this this movie? This outstanding, uh, well, this slice of cinema. Uh, yes, but, but one 
back to this theme of peak experiences. Oh yeah, that uh, skydiving. Mm-hmm. So after he finds out, after Keanu Reeves finds out that he is uh, that these dudes are the ex presidents, mm-hmm. uh, they pick him up and they drive him to uh, to the airport, mm-hmm. and then they put him on an airplane, mm-hmm. and then they throw him out the airplane mm-hmm. and make him bond with all of them, and they form that. They hold circle. hands together. And, it's uh, beautiful. He gets down on the ground, and again, it's like how he's got a big smile on his face. He like, yeah, his adrenaline is pumping out his balls. He is like, <laughs> he can't believe he's just had this experience and survived once again. Like, and the peak experiences are heightening, right? Because like we yeah. start with like surfing at night. Now we're like out of plane. <laughs> sure. And how can you go? And so he's just in. It's like giving this dude MDMA. Yeah. You know, and then they throw him in the back of the van and uh, show him the like pre snuff video of, <laughs> Ro- of, of, of Rosie his, holding of his lady a knife love. to Lori Petty's uh, throat. And they honestly did not even need to do that. Because I think that he would have let them go if, uh, if they'd just been like, look, we, we had to go skydiving. We're going to leave. That's it. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, let, us, let us go. And you go do what you need to do and be an FBI agent, because he's already he's already questioning whether or not I think he whether he's on the right side of the law being an agent, mm-hmm. you know. But that moment of whiplash, though, like he's literally <laughs> just he has just hit the ground yeah. moments before he is still breathing heavily. And like these guys are like clapping him on the shoulder, and they're like, "Good yeah. man, a boy, first job." And they're like, "Roach and grommet. yeah." His like adrenaline's pumping. He's part of the group. He feels included, and they're still like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" <laughs> and then Patrick Swayze hits play on this video, and he's like, "Ha!" Ah! <laughs> what? And they like show. He's like, "Oh, that's pretty good, right? That was fun, wasn't it?" Here's your girlfriend. <laughs> We've kidnapped her. <laughs> and yeah, that's a knife to her throat. Yeah. So if you try to stop me, we're going to, he says, gut her like a pig. <laughs> Very Charlie Manson-esque. I mean, again, like if we're talking about like sexual tension, if I you're know. somebody who like gets off on power play, I mean, at this point you are shooting your gun into the air for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, and Rosie's uh, knife hand probably still smells like lighter fluid. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't changed his clothes. Uh, no, they don't shower. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> I don't think they have running water at that house where that raid was. Yeah, there's like, definitely no running water in that house. Fire safety issue. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> we'll just hop back in the beach. This it's movie is gonna be fine. Rampant. Oh yeah. Fire safety. Uh, and and uh, Bodie is, you know, he's uh, he wants to he wants to die. Death. He wants to go out free. He can't he can't live in a cage. Yeah. And so I think that's the that's the gift that Keanu is able to give him is he lets him die with in meaning. a big wave, <laughs> yeah, not in a cage, but yeah, in a big wave like that. I think uh, we all I think we fantasize. Nobody wants to die, but if you do, you want to die doing the thing that you love. I mean, for as poetic as that scene was supposed to be, because he's just paddling out to his death, he just gets crushed by the first wave. That's <laughs> he does. He dies almost immediately. You do sort of think that maybe that we're going to like see him <laughs> At least ride the wave, right, no. the one that he's waiting for. It he doesn't, gets, I mean, uh, he's like still going out there and it's like, kaboom! He, gets, <laughs> he uses a surfing term. Yeah. He gets he gets so pitted. pitted. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not very, maybe he's like lost his skills after a year of being on the run. No, and I like, think that really... wave was just like, no, no <laughs> sir. just karmic retribution for 
robbing banks and you know traumatizing people for <laughs> ten years. <laughs> you just don't get to ride that last one. You did, you did bad. You get pitted on the paddle. So pitted. Uh, so final thoughts? Anything? I mean, I I, I love this movie. So I, <laughs> it's it's one of the best action movies. And, and to sort of piggyback uh, on your comment earlier, it's you know. They just don't make movies like this anymore. We, we mm-hmm. spoke about this. We covered Lethal Weapon a few weeks yeah. back. And those types of, like, sort of self-aware, tongue-in-cheek action movies that, that are, are actually... Good. That are well-acted, for the yes. most part, and really well-directed and done. Just, they, they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is... It's so great to see these films again. Um, I give this one nine... Nine out of ten uh, meatball subs. <laughs> I feel like we've been remo- re- reviewing movies that we love now, and it's just okay. It's hard to say anything under that. It's yeah, it's like a perfect action movie. Look, this is a movie about not letting your spirit get crushed mm-hmm. by mm. the system That's by right. not getting into a car, one of these steel coffins, and driving on the highway to a job where you're following the letter of the law, but not more. the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and Bodie is out there doing it, um, doing the bank robbing. Uh, as an example, because he people. wants to set us free, he wants to. Set, he's a liberating force. This movie is all about anarcho, mystical, surfing, <laughs> bank robbing, and I'm into it. Uh, Anti-hero I, worship, right? I, yes. I'd love to see uh, the Bodhi origin story, where he kind of has a Bruce Wayne, Batman-like journey. I think he was absolutely raised by coyotes, <laughs> don't you think? Surf wolves. As a but yeah. <laughs> He's like beach. As a baby, he was like found in the desert of California, and yeah. he was just raised as a pup in the Salton Sea. <laughs> yeah, in the Salton Sea. And uh, it's the the casting is great in this movie. And yeah. I look back to see who they had thought about uh, originally, and this would have been a very different movie if Johnny Utah was played by a young Matthew Broderick, and Bodie Ooh. was played by a Willem Dafoe. So, oh, I that. could see that. I would be interested in uh, William Dafoe, but. Sure. Don't need Matthew Broderick <laughs> no, in he, Point Break. He sucked. That would have sucked. Yeah, that would have been a good way for this movie to have been taken less seriously. Too much of a soft boy, you know. I don't think uh, Matthew Broderick ever had a six pack or he, could surf. I need him to sing and dance. Yeah, that's what I need him to do. More theatrical, exactly. You know, uh, and so I give this movie a uh, a ten sex wax tins out of ten. Ooh, everyone should see it. And uh, my only, the only thing that I wanted more of was maybe a cameo by Flea. That would have made the movie better. <laughs> but the casting is fantastic. Uh, the music is great. Um, it's beautiful to watch, and it's infinitely rewatchable. Yes, I think this is a great movie to put on if you are at like a gathering or a party of people who don't all maybe know each other super well. This is a good. Bonding experience. Yes, this is a good movie to Got throw it. on for, and then everybody can either like enjoy it, laugh at it, or, or fantasize. Or fantasize. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's like a, you know, there's something for everyone. Yeah. Agreed. Throw it on in a group. All right, everybody. Well, that was another Guys. episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. Catherine Montesi, thank you so much for coming out. Where can people find you? Oh, thank you, guys. People can find me uh, on Instagram at It Rhymes With Cheesy or at, on Twitter at Rhymes W Cheesy. Um, check out my website, CatherineMontesi.com. Uh, all the good stuff is on there. Yeah, and uh, this is, as always, you can find me at GabePacheco.com. 
And uh, Sammy, you have anything you want to plug today? Not this week. Not this week. Soon, 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 soon. Oh yeah. Hopefully Ooh. We'll get some more crockpot over here. Cracking. <laughs> <laughs> so, slow cooking. Oh yeah, we all slow cook. That's right. Uh, and for eat, pray, judge, please rate, review, subscribe, give us. Um, you know, just tell your friends, spread the word. If you tell two friends to uh, listen to us, it would help out a lot. And uh, next week we will be back with Dirty Dancing and another special oh, guest. Wow. I'm going to listen to that for sure. All right. Uh, see you soon. Adios. We love you. Bye.